Welcome to Fire Talk, where we give you the latest updates on Southeastern University Athletics. I'm Drew Watson, Athletics Director at Southeastern. Our uh, our our fearless leader, Dr. Engel, is on the road today. He's in Arizona. So we have our number one pinch hitter, Donnie Smith, here. Donnie, how you doing? It just means I have to come off the bench, and I'm not good enough to make the starting lineup, so thank you. <laughs> uh, no, you are phenomenal when you're here. In fact, it's, it's, it's us trying to make sure that we keep our talent level and not have you in here and make us look bad. So you got you to meter it out sometimes, you know what I mean? Understandable. So today, I mean, how, how, are you, how, how have you been? Great, great. Yeah. Sports are going well, busy time of year, fun time of year. It makes it easier when there's more games and kind of fill the time a little bit better. I think I did the calculus. I think half of our 20 sports are in action right now. Sounds about which right. Which makes for a crazy week, uh, but it's an exciting time, as you say. So speaking of spring sports, we've got our – our baseball coach, Adrian Dinkle, here. Welcome, Adrian. I appreciate you. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for uh, being on our show. Now, we had a milestone for you happen on on uh, Friday. You won your 600th career game. Congratulations. Um, tell us, tell us about how that feels for you. You know, I, I know, I know what you're going to say. <laughs> it's just another game. You know, whatever. I didn't even know it was happening. But like, just reflect on it a little bit. I mean, I didn't. You told me I, I had no idea until right before. And obviously, it's 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 an unbelievable you know accomplishment. Just you know for the players that you've had, the coaches that you've had. I mean, I think that that's where it comes from. I think for me that I just get the credit. It just kind of shows that we've we've kind of found the recipe for success, and I think we've done a yeah. good job with it. But that is having good people around you and, and finding good players and developing those players, and you know, kind of just validates what we've been doing. That we've been doing a good job at it. Yeah, you say you didn't. You didn't. You didn't know it was coming. Now I don't know of a lot of coaches who keep a stroke count in their, you know, in their office. Like, oh, there's 551, 500. You know, Donnie, I'm I'm approaching 600. You know, so I, I think that's good. You know, I think you're you're focused on the day to day, and not you know not your personal accolades, which is really cool. Right. You've gotten there kind of quickly too. As you look back from win number one to win number 600, has there been a common theme, whether it be amongst your staff, whether amongst your players, has there been a common theme amongst those groups? over your time as a head coach? Yeah, I mean, obviously you've had Coach Dahl with me the entire time, um, and I've just had good good people around me. But the common theme is, you know, I think we figured out, you know, at this level, small college level, how to go about it and the, and the type of people that we want and the type of culture that we want that's made us really successful. And I think we've just continued to build on that every year. So, you know, the common theme is finding, honestly, really good players that want to learn, that want to get better, and that we can develop. Well, here is your 600th win. Allegedly, allegedly. Ball. <laughs> that's, it's, it's clean. Uh, that's allegedly the final out ball. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, There's so. no certificate of authenticity with that, so you're just going to have to take ours and Coach Dahl's word for that. It's buried under that dirt somewhere. <laughs> There's well, no hologram sticker or anything that we put on that or anything. So it's there. <laughs> okay, so you're you're into your season a little bit yep. here, and uh, you know. We lost two in a row for the first time I can remember. You know, of course, one of them's to University of Tampa, the, the number yep. one team in Division Two. But talk to us about how it's going for you. Like, how would you assess the season so far? I mean, I think it's been a challenge, but I think it's been a challenge in a good way. I think we've always found a way to just simply be more offensive than everybody else, and we've always hit. This is the first time in a long time that we've had to readjust and, and reset and reestablish how we do some things, um, even at 14-2. and two. And I yeah. think that's been fun. I mean, you know, I told my staff, you know, after that, I said, this is going to really challenge how good of baseball coaches we really are yeah. um, and the type of adjustments we've made. So I think it's been good because it's helped, you know, helped us grow, helped our players grow. But 
we've we've played an unbelievable schedule so far. That we played the best schedule in the country at this point. There's really been no breaks, and I and we designed it that way for a reason. Yeah. But I think that some of the struggles that have been good for us, not only just for this season, but for future, because we're finding out how good I am at this thing right now, and it's it's been a lot of fun. Well, you talk about adjustments. So what? Yeah. Give us an example. And it isn't, believe it or not, it's not even a physical piece. It's more of a, a human piece. You know, yeah. we've talked about, you know, the human factor a lot more and, and the type of human beings we want to be and the will to and the want to and the adjustments we want to make. And so we've kind of made those adjustments to kind of put those players in place yeah. um, and put those guys on the field and see who's really buying into to that factor of it to, to really understand who we are and how we are and how we want to do it. And so... That's been the adjustment piece. It hasn't been, you know, the batting practice, the styles of how we do things. We do things a little bit different than a lot of people. It's been more of the human element and finding the right pieces of who needs to be on the field that factors into the will to and the want to. Yeah. Yeah. I think as we've talked over the last three years, every year you've started with, I think this is the best schedule we've ever put together. And you've said that basically at the start of every year. And somehow you found a way to make it better each of the last couple of years. And I think the quote that stands out to me the most is, we're not afraid to lose a game. We're not afraid to play the best teams because it'll help us down the road. Yeah, I mean, you can't be afraid to fail. We talked to our guys about it. If you're afraid to fail, you ain't going to be any good at this thing. Right, we're we're not afraid to get out there and go compete. We're you're here for a reason. These guys, a lot of these guys, came here for a reason. They came here to be put in these situations, to be a part of what we're doing. And my job is to keep them prepared. I'm never going to go back at the end of any year and be able to look at my guys and be like, "Hey, I didn't prepare you." I'm just no. not going to be able to do that. We're going to put the best teams in front of you. And so when we get on the field in the World Series, if we get the opportunity to go back, we ain't worried about it. We know we're ready to roll. Well, what you're referring to there is perspective, yep. right? I mean, your yep. your perspective as you as you teach them, as you as you give them their proper outlook is is not about today. This right. is about what we want to do as a as a group moving forward, which is a great life lesson. But you look at perspective from the other teams. Like when we were in Arizona, I'm looking at people saving their number one, you know, saving right. their number one for us and trying to get a big win against right. Southeastern in February. And so, like that, how do you approach that kind of? You just kind of look at it and go, okay, well, well, I mean, you got to you got to face who you face, right? But talk about that yeah. perspective in other teams where they're constantly saving their one and messing with like throwing a bullpen game, and you know, it seems odd to me in February. It's weird, is that right? No, yeah, it's it's not normal, believe me. But anytime we go somewhere, and I think we've earned that, right? Um, but we like that, right? That's the, yeah. what we want. But I don't, I don't, I don't, I would never do that. We're just gonna yeah. go throw, but. I don't blame them. I mean, a win against us is means more than a win against someone else. A lot yeah. of times, right? We're, you know, we're one of we feel like we're one of the better programs in the country in small college baseball, and people show it. But I think for us, it's it's what we want. That's the reason why yeah. I like playing these tournaments with four or five different teams is we get to see everybody's ones because I want our guys to accept challenges, yeah, and understand that I want them to fail, and I want to see how they respond from failure, um, not only you know physically but mentally and. And that's why we do it. And I think it, it makes it a lot of fun. It makes every game because you can get bored if you just simply know that you're better than someone across the field. And so we want them to come at us with everything they've yeah. got. And I just want to see if we can continue to, to block and deflect. And, you know, at the end of the day, we want to make sure our guys understand that we're still trying to, you know, put it on that team and that other dugout no matter how we do it. And I want to yeah. see if we're competitive enough to do it. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Let's talk a little about some of the personnel that makes up this 2024 roster. We'll start on the pitching staff. That's the group that you're probably most excited about coming into the season. Uh, we'll also take a look at some of the highlights from this past weekend against Sagu. Rob Adams having a big day in that first game. Had a couple of big strikeouts for you. Uh, just having his leadership and experience this season, how much has that helped this group? He's a pro. Man. He's a veteran. 
that's just what he is. I mean, you don't he's he's easy, man. The only thing you're doing with him is just working on pitch design and making him better, right? He, it's anytime you can have a guy like him and a guy like Darian and Reese and those guys on the bump, I mean, you're you feel pretty good about it. Like we told you before, I mean, I've been doing this in the small college level for a long time. This is probably the deepest small college pitching staff ever. Um, whether we continue to get better on the front side of it and guys continue to throw the ball over the plate, we'll see. But, you know, not very often do you have this level. You have guys 95, 97, 98 to 100. Um, but having guys like Rob and, and Darian and some of these other people having leaders are the reasons why we've been successful. How often have you seen triple digits at this level on the radar gun? We've had it a few times. Um, usually not over the plate. It's usually the top of the backstop. <laughs> no, but... <laughs> in your time coaching in the NAI, how often have you seen that? Uh, honestly, I think there's been maybe eight, and I think we've had five, right? And so it's been been very, very, very lucky. But, you know, it's he, he, the kid this year, it's a little different, right? It gets out of hand a little bit different than a lot of other guys, and he, he has a chance to play for a long time. Now there's uh, – you and I were talking about this a couple weeks ago. There's guys who – haven't had success elsewhere. They come and you become their pitching coach, their head coach, and all of a sudden they're successful. And you and I talked about your approach. Talk, talk to us a little bit about, you know, what your approach is when it comes to pitching and getting the most out of the guys on your roster. Well, there's two different sides of that. Ron, we get a lot of kids that, you know, we call it the beat dog syndrome. Well, they've been somewhere else and they've struggled. They haven't been really loved up on. They haven't been told how good they are, right? And kid, kids, they need to hear it, right? And so our ultimate job is to, to show them that we do believe in them, which we do. That's why we bring them in here. Mm-hmm. And then you flip over to the physical side, right? We're going to create good movers. Um, I think we're, we're very very blessed and very lucky with the guys that we have on the pitching side of things here that we feel like we're some of the better ones in the country that teach people how to move properly, right? Whether that's through water bags or whatever it may be, we're just going to teach them to move more athletically. And once they understand that's how it's done, it, it just creates and cleans up arm patterning. And next thing you know, they're, they're better. But that also starts with them being loved up on, right? If yeah. they trust you and they, and they know that you, you have their best interest in mind and you know they're going to be good, they want to be good for you. And then yeah. it, it just takes the physical side to the next level. At the plate, you've got a couple of guys at the corners that have been pretty good for you for the past three years, and Isaac Nunez and Gary Laura. Yep. Give us an idea of what they brought to your infield and to your and to your offense this year. Just leadership. At the end of the day, leadership. They're both good playing early right now in the season. I think they're both struggling, but they're allowed to do that after two really, really good years, right? Those guys are two, two All-Americans, and so I'm excited to see what happens over these next couple of weeks. I have a feeling those two are going to break out and everything's going to start going the other direction. But anytime you can have two players like that on the corners and anytime you can move a first-team All-American from shortstop over to third base, you know, in that situation, you feel like, you know, you've got a chance to be pretty good. Now, you're doing things, obviously, you know, people throwing their number one against us a compliment. Yeah. You know, they're saving. But you've got to find ways with the record that we've had the past few years to continue to challenge your guys. And one of those ways was evident this past weekend when, you know, guys are getting pulled in the middle of a count. <laughs> and I'm going to ask you about that because that's unconventional. Okay. I'm sitting in the press box and, and one, of your, one of your guys gets pulled with a, you know, 3-1 count. And so talking to you afterwards about that, it, it makes sense to me. It's yep. uncomfortable because people don't play like that. You know, people don't coach like that. But what are you trying to teach your kids when they get pulled in the middle of it at bat? It just goes back to what I said earlier, the accountability and the human piece. It's the human factor of it. You know, we were asked to do something. Um, and if you don't do it, you know, you don't do it in the real world, you know, in the business world, you ain't going to have a job very long. Um, mm-hmm. And I asked those guys to do something, and then they didn't do it. So 
they're not going to work for much longer. Somebody else is going to go in and do their job for them. And yeah. so and that's just kind of the mindset for it. We had that conversation of, hey, man, this is our expectation of who we are. This is our expectation of what we're going to do and how we're going to do it. Um, and if you don't want to do it, we're going to find somebody else that wants to. And if I got to yank you with two strikes, then you're going to come out of the game with two strikes and we're going to move on to somebody else. Well, it's interesting because a lot of coaches talk like, hey, we can't do that. Hey, we can't do that. But it continues to happen. And sometimes in the life of a, of a young person, even old people, it's the shock value that gets your attention. Right. And so nobody likes to be pulled. <laughs> I played baseball. Pull it like, what? Like, excuse me? He's got to be kidding. No, he's not kidding. Hit the, you know, hit the bench. Right. Um, but the shock value, I think, is really important. Right. Like when you're, you're, you're saying something to them they're not used to, not used to hearing, and then all of a sudden they're sitting on the bench, well, they've got to evaluate if they want to change or not. And if they don't, they'll continue to sit on the bench. It takes what it takes. Yeah. At the end of the day, that's what it is. Bottom line is it takes what it takes. If you're not willing to and you don't have the will to, the want to, and, and the guts to do it, then it ain't going to happen. Right. I'm gonna make it, but if I'm, well, I'm in charge, you're going to do it. Yeah. And if you don't like it, we're going to move a different direction. That's good. Spring break, always a busy week for you guys. A lot of northern teams yeah. come down to try and get a volume of games in before they go back to the snow. How do you and your staff go about handling this volume of games and the, and the heavy workload coming up the next 10 days? We actually enjoy it. And we enjoy it for a pitching purpose. Reason why is because it actually gives us the opportunity to rest guys and before we run into you know the, the conference late that we're going to run into. And so we just run and we staff games. And so it's actually fun for us because we get to line it up. We get to see who's who. We get to see how we're doing it and what we're doing it. And so nothing better than a baseball coach or a baseball player playing all the time. Yeah. You know, it's it's not a lot of fun just playing once every week. It's it's fun to play all the time. You want to play all the time. This game, if you ain't playing every day, it's it's hard it's hard to be good at it. So for us, it's actually probably the time of the year besides the postseason we look forward to the most, right? And you get the opportunity to see guys do different things and guys that haven't had much of a factor all of a sudden become a role and that that's what makes this fun. Donnie, does that apply to your golf game? The more uh, you play, the better you get? It does not. You need it, to keep playing. Me I, neither. Yeah. Not <laughs> me <happy>. too. <laughs> I can keep playing, but that score is not yes, going to change. Yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> Do we have a clip? We got a clip of Rob? Yeah, we got a couple of Rob Adams strikeouts from the oh, weekend. Yeah. You can well, give us an of idea of what we've seen here. He's had plenty. Worked up in the zone a little bit there. You know what? He's back to the 22, Rob. Um, you know, Deceptive and below's up, fastballs up. All of a sudden, you know he's got he's running ninety mile an hour fastballs in there with tough to see. And so, you know, I believe it or not, we talk about how we find him, talk about pitching and figuring it out. No. I couldn't figure it out last year. What was wrong with him compared to twenty two when we were scrimmaging Rollins? And I just asked the third baseman. I said, Hey, man, will you when you face this kid, will you tell me what you see when it's hard to see what you do? And he came over. He's like, It's actually hard when he jumps. So the whole time we were working on the hinge and the hop, he was like, No, it's when he jumps. We go tell Rob. He starts jumping. No one hits him. So we had a player on another team actually figure yeah. it out for us, but it was like, hey, man, tell me what you see. So, Well, and, that, and, and again, that's a, that's a unique perspective that I think you've gained over the years of, of coaching, yep. but that's not something – typically coaches have, have a certain level of pride, and you're not going to ask somebody on the other team to you – know, you're just not going to do that. <laughs> but the, I think the best basketball coaches will say, hey, buddy, will you scout – will you come scout yep. and, and tell me how you would play us? You know, and so it's again, it's a it's a different level of thinking that's led to the success we've had. So yeah, been lucky. Yeah. So thanks for joining us, Coach. I uh, appreciate you having me, guys. Good luck in your uh, your gauntlet next week with spring break. Get a case for that. We're taking it home. Yeah. You're taking it. Yeah. Taking it home. I don't know if I need more baseballs around the house, man. <laughs> give, give it to my dog. <laughs> no, like thank your you dog already had it. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you. Peterson and Myers takes pride in the accessibility of their experienced attorneys. 
and in a thoughtful and innovative manner, they solve problems for clients. In addition to legal skills, Peterson and Myers are personally and deeply involved in the communities in and around Polk County. Peterson and Myers, PA, an official partner of Fire Athletics. Our track and field, let's get to the sports, Donnie. Yeah. Uh, great great part of the show, just we, we get to review all that's going on right now. Our track and field team travels to Brookings, South Dakota this week for NAI Indoor Championships. Way up there. Just where you want to spend a weekend in March is Brookings, South yeah, Dakota. It's actually going to be a little bit mild there this week. I think it's going to be in the mid to upper 50s. Cold front went through yesterday, so they're going to have a chance to recover. I think the, the yeah. last two years that we've we've sent a member of our staff there, they've gotten to experience snow for the first time. Yes. So uh, much more uh, mild temperatures this year. It doesn't matter. It's still an indoor championship. Yep. Um, Really excited about this group. Obviously, the, the men going to have a little bit of a target on their back coming back as the, the defending champions. Uh, group looks a little bit different, but still a couple of, of faces that you can expect to do well again. Uh, excited to see what Kyle Manuel does in, in his last hurrah in the shot put, going through his final tournament. Uh, James Williamson the thirds had a great season. Joseph Taylor uh, coming into this year has been outstanding as well on the men's side. And then on the women's side, I think uh, Ramirez M- Mendez, I think she's in just about every event this weekend uh, in the six and the hurdles, uh, running a couple of relays. Busy weekend, uh, nothing new for her. Uh, you look back at what she did in the Sun Conference Championship. Yep. She's in just about every event. Yep. Outdoor, I think she did the multis along with a bunch of other events. So uh, no, no surprise for her, but a uh, couple events to look at are, are going to be the race walk, uh, where Ashlyn Poulin's been outstanding this year, one of the mm-hmm. best in the NAI, and uh, TJ Sanders a chance to get on the podium as well. You talk about Mimi, Irmis mm-hmm. uh, Mendez. She was hurt last spring, and so I don't think we saw Coach Dotson and didn't see, you know, what's happening now. And it's really exciting to see her have the success she's having. Uh, where where do fans, if they want to tune into the, the results, where do they find that? Yeah, um, there's a link on our website at fire.seu.edu as well as you can search for Dakota Timing. They'll have all the live timing and scoring. A lot of the prelims are going to take place on Thursday and Friday. If you're in the top eight, you move on to the championships on Saturday. Okay. Wrestling, all right, it, uh, every year. Track and re- indoor track and wrestling, yeah. same weekend. Uh, wrestling heads to Wichita, Kansas for NAI, the national meet. Um, you know, what What do we look like? What do matchups look like up there? Uh, things look a little bit different this year. It's a three-day tournament now. Yep. Um, so a lot less matches uh, per session. So instead of having to wrestle multiple matches in a morning session, then come back in the evening, that's a long morning session. So it's now a three-day tournament yep. where you shouldn't get any more than two matches in a session. But the challenge is going to be uh, getting on the scale three days in a row and, and yep. trying to hit that number. So going to take a lot of discipline by the guys. Um, saw them this morning taking them to the airport at, at 5.15. Pretty quiet. Um, yep. I think they're all in, in weight-cutting mode a little bit. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's going to be a busy weekend. Uh, we hosted the AAC championship. Parker DeBrocky ended up winning the 149. Last time we had a conference champion, it was Sal Silva. He ended up winning the national championship. Yep. So that was going to be an all-SEU final at 149 uh, with Chris Kelly. Uh, so those would be two guys to keep an eye on as well. Gabe Jacobs comes in seated fourth at 285. He finished third last year. Uh, but we're one of only three teams that have 12 yep. wrestlers going to this tournament. So taking a full roster should put us in a pretty good position to compete for the team title. Um, unfortunately, we got a lot of first-round buys. I know as a basketball coach, you get excited about a first-round buy. In yeah. wrestling, that's going to cost you some team points because yep. you don't get anything from moving on to the second round there. Well, what people may not know about you is you know wrestling. You know wrestling pretty well. And, um, and so what do you think the extra day and the extra rest does to the tournament? As far as if you're an individual wrestler, does that help you or does it hurt you? 
I think it will. I mean, not having, I mean, if, if you're coming off of a tough cut, you're only going to have to worry about that one match in yeah. the morning. Then you get a nice long layoff, maybe some more chance to, to kind of manage that weight a little bit. So that way it's not as stark the next day. Yeah. Um, it's really a little bit of an unknown. Um, yeah. There's not really a three-day tournament that people go to that you can kind of say, well, here's our template for that. Uh, so it'll it'll be really interesting to see how this is handled. And uh, if it's not, I think the wrestling coaches will come right back and say, I think we made a mistake. Let's yeah. look at it this way. Yeah. Should be interesting. I'm looking for. I'm going up there on uh, tomorrow morning early. I fly out, so I'm looking forward to, to the full day tomorrow and seeing what happens. Uh, women's basketball. Uh Let's talk about them. Big conference win on Saturday against Warner. Uh, 74-52 secured us as the regular season champion. Uh, Talk a little bit about that. We got some help on Wednesday, um, some unexpected help, I think, when you when you kind of looked at some of the, the chalk on the standings uh, to see uh, St. Thomas and Ave Maria end up dropping into uh, third and fourth in the conference, yeah. and then for us to be able to move up and, and do what we had to do, pick up a couple of wins there at the end of the season. Um, wasn't always pretty at times, but they figured out a way to win with this veteran group. Uh, we'll look at some clips. I thought Becky Kalaidiev was outstanding last she week, was. had a career-high game on Wednesday against Florida. Memorial with 30 points mm-hmm. uh, and then came back with another big effort on Saturday against Warner. Let's take a look at what she did during that week of play. Hey, Coleman looking right side for Anya Kanoflak. Open look from Becky. Yeah, I thought she shot team. well. Uh, she Kalidia handled the ball well, hurts. saw the floor well. Yeah, 8 of 10 in that contest. Also got it done a little bit on defense. This is a little bit of, of teamwork here coming off the steal. Shout out to Rebecca Cook, graduate assistant on that one. Great behind the back pass by Maya Herman, who's going to factor in as the freshman of the year. And hopefully Becky gets a pretty good look at conference player of the year, just the way that she did. And we'll have a chance to kind of dig dig into her story a little bit more later on this week. But uh, just coming back from the obstacles that she's had the last two years to play it all and then play at a conference player of the year level is incredible. It's a miracle, really. I mean, when when you consider where she was uh, right after that accident in intensive care, I mean, it's, it's phenomenal. We, Praise God for that. But, you know, I look at, you mentioned Maya Herman, and, you know, I coached 15 years, and, and typically this time of year, freshmen are running out of gas. You know, they have not, not played a season this long. Doesn't seem like Maya's running out of gas, nor any of the other freshmen. And, and you know, so it's good to see that happening and then playing good down the stretch here. Yeah, absolutely. Still average around 10 a game. I think uh, Ariana Smoot is another freshman that's played really well this year at times, getting some key minutes and just trying to figure out what college basketball is about. Yeah, looking forward to this weekend conference tournament. Uh, We play at 5 on Friday against St. Thomas, which a few weeks ago people are thinking that's going to be the championship game. But, you know, we we play them at 5. Kaiser plays Ave Maria at 7, and then a championship at 7 p.m. that night. Two weeks ago, Wednesday, that was uh, a game for first place in the furnace, and now it's a a, uh, conference semifinal game. Yeah, should be be a good weekend. There's there's, those four teams have really battled all year, and obviously – you know, you mentioned the three-way tie that we went into last Wednesday, and then unbelievably, St. Thomas and Ave lose that night. And so, as you said, good for good to see our team take advantage of that situation and, and close it out. And there was also a scenario where had the results gone a little bit differently that week, there could have been a four-way tie for first. So yeah. that's how close this league has been this yeah. year. It's, it's really good to see the conference stepping up like we are. Uh, let's talk about men's basketball. They close out the season with a loss in the Sun Conference quarterfinal last night, Ave Maria. Yeah, um, I thought the the defense that Ave Maria played in the first half was was probably the key factor there. They forced Southeastern into some tough shots and, and really some shots that weren't really in, in their game. Um, 
kind of held pace a little bit, though, for a while. And then I think in the beginning of the second half, once the Gyrenes got that three-pointer to fall a little bit more, it opened up the baseline. And really, they had their choice at that point on, on how they wanted to attack it. I think you got to give our guys a lot of credit, though. Yep. They, they whittled it to six with about 100 seconds left. Yep. Had a takeaway. I think if you get a score on that, the game looks a little bit differently because yep. then you're looking at four. Ave Maria's got to burn a timeout and try and resituate themselves. Mm-hmm. But able to get that ball back and were forced to follow. And, and unable to come up with the extra baskets and stops, but you know they really didn't. They really didn't fall apart there at the end. They really gave it their best effort they could for the full forty minutes. And they've had a few games like that. And I think that character. I mean, my office is right above the gym. I mean, their practices are 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 passionate. They they go hard. You can tell that when you watch them. And it really has played out in some of the comebacks. The comeback at Kaiser, mm-hmm. down fifteen with four minutes yeah. left, and had a had a chance at the buzzer to tie it. You know, and, and same with last night. I felt Ave Maria thought they had the game salted away, and all of a sudden we hit a couple shots, and, and Coach Copeland's like, time out, got to talk about this. And as you said, that that turnover, that, that yeah. turnover where we then turned it over, uh, tough, really tough, because you could have cut it to four or three there right. and, and, and really made it interesting. But, you know, guys, guys played hard, as we said, proud of them. And uh, looking forward to what they can do in the offseason here. Yeah, great effort by Reggie Messeter in, in his yeah. final game with the Fire. 20 points, got it done at both ends of the floor, yeah, came up did. with some big steals. So definitely going to watch, uh, definitely going to miss number two running up and down the floor yeah, next year. For sure. All right, softball. Uh, a lot of softball was played here last weekend. We, we had Grandview, we had British Columbia in town. Tell us about how that went. There was a high volume of games and a high volume of innings as well. Made a yeah. lot of these games close. Yeah. Um, had to grind out some of those games. Uh, the third game against British Columbia, great pitchers duel. There were no earned runs in that game. Mm. Uh, just the kind of pitching that we saw in those contests. We'll take a look back uh, at a clip real quick to see how uh, Southeastern was able to come away with the win. Uh Small ball has been the key for this group yeah. the last couple of years under Coach Watkins. So you get two on, two in scoring position, bunt back to the pitcher, good speed at third base. Rayleigh McKinney squeezed in on a well-placed bunt by Chapel Cunningham and yeah. able to come away with a split uh, all three days um, against Grandview as well as the four-gamer against British Columbia. Uh, UBC coming out of the Cascade Conference, great reputation for softball yep. up there in the northwest part of the state. They've had a, a handful of teams win in advance of the World Series the last couple of years, so good to get in front of that caliber of team as well. Yeah, and I think you know over the over the last couple of years, and, and with softball, you see it with baseball. We talked with Coach about it. The schedule's tough, right? And you know, and you hope that as the season, as we get into conference season, that experience from these games really goes into that. And, you know, ho- hopefully we're at the top of the conference standings when it's all said and done. And I think when you look at the schedule that they play this weekend, when they go to Gulf Shores, it matches that as well. You're playing LSU Alexandria, who's not too far removed from playing in the World Series. William Woods has been a solid program. Lindsey Wilson was the first place we ever went for an opening round. Mobile we've seen a number of times. Yep. And then an upstart program at uh, Texas A&M San Antonio. Yeah, so it, so get out. I mean, you got to get out and see softball. Um, if you haven't been out to the complex, get out there. It's an exciting team. Uh, a lot of energy out there. You know, when I coached, I coached softball for a time. Uh, it's a forgettable. Uh, in in my career, it's a forgettable uh, few years there. It was a, it was needed, but as a baseball player, I just could never understand the cheers. I was going to ask if you were scripting those and, and what part of practice you devoted to the <laughs> the chorus of chants. We didn't devote any time in practice okay. to that. In fact, the first game that I, I walk out there and, and all of a sudden they start cheering, I'm like, what? 
What are you doing? Stop, that's embarrassing. Stop it. Uh, but it's just part of the game. And, 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 and it, it actually, when I coached, I didn't get it. Uh, but, you know, they wanted to do it, so whatever. Great. But, but as an AD and just watch, especially watching this team through the years, like they're, they're funny. I mean, they, they get into it. I think, I think it's part of the game. And so if you've got a softball team that has no chance, no cheers, you're kind of looking over there like, is, this, is there a team in the other dugout? You know, and it's almost a competition. Yeah, between the between the dugouts, which is really cool. I think it's just a different volume of it. In baseball, you talk about dugout energy and picking the next guy up. It's just taken to another level on the on the shorter diamond. Yeah, yeah, and and when softball comes out to baseball, you can tell. I mean, it's it's absolutely noticeable. So we love that. So beach volleyball, uh, uh, coach uh, coach Wheeler got her first win uh, last weekend. I we do not have that volleyball here to present to we her, don't. but nevertheless, we don't. But um, she's on her way to six hundred. So uh, I know I know they were down in Miami last weekend. How'd it go down there? Yeah, played pretty well. Uh, ended up sweeping Florida Memorial 5-0. Uh, lost to St. Thomas 3-2. Uh, but the, the three all went to a, a third set. So right in every single match. And they've got uh, a trip to Tavares coming up this weekend where they'll take on Truett McConnell and uh, St. Andrews. And that'll be interesting because we've got a, a, a number of pairs that are out on missions trips over spring break. So coach has got to kind of... Kind of uh, mix it up here, and we'll see what happens. Awesome. Uh, tennis. The men's and women's teams are both coming off big wins uh, over Cumberland University, where the women won 4-0, the men won 4-1 against the number 13th-ranked team. Tell us about those matches. Yeah, additionally, uh, you know, we talk about not shying away from anybody. Uh, Drew Dickens has really done that during his time at Southeastern. I remember coming back from Nationals one year, and he was kind of picking my brain. It's like, all right, so who – who do you think that you saw that we could match up with? Yeah. And sure enough, he starts scheduling teams ranked around that area, found some other teams, just kind of creeping your way up. Mm-hmm. It's like, all right, we need to schedule some top 15 teams, some top 10 teams. Mm-hmm. Well, now that we have two top 10 teams, we start going after the number one team. Yeah, for sure. Uh, because, again, that was a team that when, when the women made the national semifinal last year, okay, now you got to go play Georgia Gwinnett. Yep. So – they went and played Georgia Gwinnett this year. Uh, so now it's not as much of a shock when they get to Mobile, if they're in that national semifinal again, when you go against uh, the green and gold that have won some odd dozen national championships, yeah. it seems like, uh, you kind of figure out what you're up against a little bit. So that was an additional part of this trip along with a scrimmage. So uh, in addition to the win, also a valuable lesson learned in those matches against Gwinnett. And Drew's done done a great job. I mean, he's, he's an alum of the program and has really taken it from – a good program to a great program. Absolutely. You know, it's been fun to watch that, uh, you know, and we'll have him on the show here in a couple of weeks. But, you know, he was one of the first student athletes I met when yeah. I started here at Southeastern. And, and now he's the coach and just just doing a phenomenal job. And he takes a lot of ribbing. It has cemented his status as the department's little brother for the rest of his life. Yes. Even if he's coaching here in his 50s, I'm pretty sure he will still be the department's little brother. Yeah, it's just it's it's great to work with him. And, and he's a good sport, you know, <laughs> Has to be. Yeah, we won't talk fantasy football for, <laughs> for Drew's sake. Well, that's a wrap for today, Donnie. Uh, thanks, everyone, for joining us. As we close the show, I want to remind everyone about our home games this week. Baseball will be at home Saturday at 12 and 3. Women's basketball will host the Sun Conference Tournament, as we said, Friday at 5 p.m., with a game coming after that at 7. Uh, make, make sure you, uh, you check our website at sufire.com for the latest news in fire athletics. You can find the event calendar, calendar there as well as a link to watch all of our games for free. Good luck to all of our teams this week. Yeah, go fire. Go fire.